0: What's up, coaches? TGIM on this beginning of what is week number seven for us down here in Texas. Hard to believe that we're over halfway done with the regular season. On that note, and hey, coaches, you got to remember make the most out of each day. We work all year for these 10 weeks, and you definitely don't want to take one day for granted. And I know that's just as much a reminder for me as is for the rest of you. So make the most out of today and out of this week, no matter who's on your schedule, no matter what your record is. What you're doing matters for those kids, and, and and I promise you, by February, you're going to be wishing that, that you could be back in football season again, so, so make sure you make the most out of the time you have left with your guys. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. If you love football, specifically defensive football and D-line play, then this is the podcast for you. Our goal is to put out content each week that is tailored for D-line coaches, and all, although we will occasionally step out and bring on guests who may not necessarily be D-line coaches, but... We will discuss topics that run parallel to the interests of D-line coaches. Uh, just like last week, that was a great example of, of when we brought on my friend Kyle Spear, strength coach at Tulane University, to talk about, well, we pretty much talked about a little bit of everything, actually. But uh, in today's episode, it's all about the D-line. Today, we welcome Coach Aaron Now, defensive line coach and special teams coordinator at Waco Midway High School in Waco, Texas. Coach Now started as a volunteer coach at Pantigo Christian Academy in Arlington, Texas, before going on to Sam Houston in Arlington for a year. And then, Coach Now spent three years in Cedar Hill, where the Longhorns made two state championship appearances, winning a state title in 2013. From there, Coach Now went to Arlington Martin with Coach Bob Wager for two years before going to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, as the defensive coordinator for one season. Following his one season in Broken Arrow, Coach Now then came back to Texas and joined the staff at Midway, where they have had some deep playoff runs, including a 15 1 season in 2017, where they made a run all the way to the 6A Division II state championship game. Today, Coach Now and I talk about what makes the programs at Cedar Hill, Arlington Martin, Broken Arrow, and Waco Midway so special. And then we spend some time talking about Midway's odd front and some of Coach Now's favorite ways to teach fundamentals with his guys. All that and more on episode number 32 of KYPD with Coach Aaron Now. Coach, now welcome to the podcast. So glad to get you on here to talk some D line play.
1: Thank you very much for having me. Looking forward to it.
0: Well, Coach, we we like to start out hearing a little bit about our guest background and their journey through the coaching ranks so far. So, and, and you have been blessed to be at some tradition rich programs here in Texas and and one in Oklahoma. So, start off by filling us in on your coaching journey thus far.
1: Okay, uh, I. I... Uh, I started out as a, as a volunteer coach at Pantico Christian. And uh, Pantico's a little speed trap in Arlington with uh, a little small Christian school and a Shipley's Donut and, uh, and a Brahms. And other than that, the only reason you go to Pantico is to get a ticket. <laughs> and uh, my, my two oldest kids were, were younger back then. They were going to school, going to school there. And uh, I was able to meet the the head coach guy by the name of Steve Hohulin. And, uh you know said hey I kind of want to get into you know I'm really interested in getting into coaching and he's like hey I, I've, I've got a spot it's a volunteer job it doesn't pay anything are you interested and I said yes yeah. so I did that for uh, I was there like five years so through the course of that uh, I met a guy by the name of uh, James Sapp who left Panto and went to work at Hill, and um, he's like hey we Jovi's got a spot for you, uh, and so he gets me the interview. So I go to the interview, and everything goes great. Come out of the interview with the principal, and I can tell when I, when by the look on this farmer's face, that something's not right. And uh, a principal at the ninth grade center had hired out my my teaching slot. Okay, so I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, a chance of a lifetime, and, and it's gone. So I, uh, I ended up getting hired at Arlington, Sam Houston. Spent a year there. Um, head coach retired in, in the spring. New guy came in. Uh, looked like I was going to stay on staff. Uh, I kind of looked around, not really. And I'm uh, mowing my yard one day, probably middle of July. And uh, Coach Sapp calls and says, Hey, we, we've got a spot. And uh, so I called Joey immediately. And he's like, When can you be here? I was like, Well, I'm cutting the grass right now, but I, I, mean, I can shower and be there. <laughs> yeah, about 45 minutes away. Yeah. I can be there in two hours. He's like, Man, we'll just do it tomorrow morning. Run in, do the interview, boom! I'm I'm hired at, at Cedar Hill, and I mean my head is spinning. You know, I've, yeah. I've been five years at a, at a, a you know, uh, basically equivalent of a three A in Taps, and you know, here I am at one of the perennial schools in the in the state with, with Coach McGuire, and uh, spent spent three years there. Uh, was very very fortunate to be uh a part of two state games we won it all in, in two thousand thirteen. Uh but I've met some tremendous men working there for, for Coach McGuire, some outstanding football coaches, but great, great dudes, good human beings that uh still very close to to this day. And uh, you know, a lot of people want to try to replicate it. will come through and watch and see the boot camp and see this and see that and they want to try to replicate it. But it's the love that, that not only the coaches have for the players, but that the coaches have for each other. And the, those bonds are deep and they're thick. And you know, we say all the time, "Blood's thick," and it, it's true. When you're walking on that red tile at Cedar Hill, yeah, um, it was it was a special time, no doubt. Uh, at that time, my oldest daughter is about to be a freshman in high school. We lived in in Arlington in the Martin district, but she was going to a um, charter school for fine arts. She had like 14 people in her, what would be her graduating class that I want to, you know, I want to go to Martin. Uh, you know, I, I want to go to a real high school that has a football team and all this and, and through coach Wager and coach McGuire's friendship. And, and um, luckily a, a spot opened up for a science teacher, which is my certification and, uh, coach Wager brings me on, uh, on staff there, so I, I made. You know, my daughter's on the drill team. We're, we're together for for her freshman and sophomore year. It was awesome, awesome experience, and um, you know, I really wanted a chance to to call a defense and and you know, kind of do it my way, if you will. Um, and so uh, I learned of the opening at, at Broken Arrow up in Oklahoma with with Dave, and so I. I didn't know him, didn't know anybody on staff or, or anything. And uh, I sent my, my, him uh, my resume. Two days later, we're, we're talking. We talked for a couple of weeks on and off. Um, and so finally, we agreed to, to go to do an interview. And uh, so we meet at uh, Southeastern Oklahoma in Durant, and they give us a, a room there to, to do an interview. And me and Dave spent probably two hours together talking. We we really didn't talk a whole lot of football. It was more kind of you know, hey, who are you and who am I? And this is the program and this is the town and you know that type of thing when you're talking about moving your family five hours away. And uh, so go up there to to be a coordinator uh, where I end up meeting uh, Coach Harper, who now does the the Run the Power contest uh, podcast with. With Brady Walls, so yeah, that's about the time that, that uh, Walls had just taken, they've uh, gotten a position uh, up in Iowa. So he stayed on through that spring to kind of help us transition, uh, get us through spring ball. Um, uh, my mother ended up having some some really bad health problems, so we needed to come back to Texas. And you know, I'm, I'm trying to reach out and talk to everybody i can and you know hey you got anything open you got anything open and then i I hear of a position down at waco at at midway well coach hume had been at mansfield and we were in the same district when we were at cedar hill so i I knew the name but i didn't know him you know from adam really and but a a mutual friend of ours that's been on his staff mutual friend the guy that i knew uh, I called him and I said, Hey, you know, uh, how's he to work for, you know, can you talk to him? I'm, you know, I'm looking to come back. And, uh, so I, I send go through my stuff and, uh, he's like, Hey, you know, I know you're in Oklahoma. You know, what, can you get down here for an interview? I said, you tell me when to be there. I'll be there. So I drive down, we do the interview. spend a few hours together, um, and I'm, I'm driving back and he calls me and is like, Hey, you know, what you think? I said, you know, Hey, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to be a Panther. And he's like, well, you know, I really think it's going to work out. And two weeks later, I'm out of my contract in Oklahoma and in a whirlwind, we find a place in Waco and I, I load up my car and, and come down and, um, you know, my kids are finishing up the school year in, in Oklahoma and, and I'm, my first day was actually our first day of, of spring ball that year and just kinda hit the ground running.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, you know, it has been great being down here in Waco. Midway is a unbelievable district. It's an unbelievable high school. We have great support from our administration. Um, uh, you know, Coach Hume is a is a great man and he lets us let's coach his coach and I mean he's everything you want in the head coach and um just very fortunate to be the place to sit up in and you know, work for guys like Jeff and, and Coach McGuire and Coach Waker
0: and,
1: um, <clears throat> and Coach Alexander up at Broken Arrow. Uh, been been very fortunate.
0: Well, Coach, there's a lot from, from that that I want to unpack, and I want to start with this first. Uh, first of all, uh, what would possess you to to want to actually to volunteer to coach? Because that's really really unusual, especially nowadays, uh, to start your career as a volunteer. So what 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 made you want to do that and 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 seek that option out?
1: I, I really didn't have I – I didn't know how to break into the business. Like, the, everybody that I talked to was like, it's so hard to get your first job. It's so hard to get your first job. You know, once you get the first one, you'll be all right. But the first one's so hard to get. And so when I was talking to to Steve about this opportunity, he's like, you know, he's like, we're able to out-program a lot of schools because I have um, retired coaches. He's like, I have retired coaches that have coached for – 20, 25, 28 years. So there's a lot of good guys you can, you can learn from network and, and help you make connections through those guys. Uh, I was able to meet, you know, so, so many guys in the Metroplex, you know, cause uh, let me see, we had, I believe there were four guys that were retired coaches that, you know, came in and, and rehired at Pantio and then, you know, continued to coach. So
0: yeah, yeah. it was a, uh,
1: just an unbelievable wealth of knowledge that I was able to get as a young coach that, you know, I, I feel like, you know, had I gone the, junior, the traditional route, you know, you get hired of the junior high and you grind there for a few years and then hopefully you get moved up and then moved up, you know, I, I got, <clears throat> I got the same experience, but I got it firsthand because it was also, you know, being able to, to coach kids at the varsity level.
0: Yeah. Yeah, of course. And then going back to just talking about those places, the, the schools that you that you've had a chance to, to coach at uh, over your career I want to talk about the head coaches that you worked for specifically uh, because you've worked for some great ones and if you if you've coached in, in, in Texas for any any length of time those names that you mentioned uh, are, are, are names that, that you recognize as as, as uh, guys who are uh, who, who do a great job uh, coaching football in, in this state. Uh, and then also, obviously, Broken Arrow. That program uh, is known throughout our part of the country, anyway, as being a, a really an outstanding program. One, I believe, their first state championship this past year. Uh, I could be wrong on that, but I know they won a state championship this past year. Uh, anyway, what right, was, was
1: their first one?
0: Okay, well, I, I thought that was correct. What 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 did you notice was the common denominator, the common thread from all of those head coaches that you know maybe it was a quality or something that all of those coaches did. Uh, that that allowed them or, or caused them to be so successful?
1: Two things. One is coach your kids hard and love them twice as hard. You know, the the standard is the standard. And, and this is what, you know, you can fill in the blank of the name of the program. This is the standard of the program, and you're going to coach every kid to meet it, whether he is, uh, uh, you know, he's everything you've ever wanted in a player or – it's a it's a guy that couldn't play dead in the western. Yeah. Everybody gets coached the same. Yeah. You know, because yeah, he, he might not be very good as a fourteen year old kid, but what's gonna happen in three off seasons and uh, you know, he continues to work and you continue to coach him and hold him to that standard, what does he become? Right. You know. Right. And and, and don't lose don't lose sight of that because you know, he's a he's a skinny kid at, at fourteen. Yeah. And the second thing is Know what you're doing. And I know this sounds simple, but have a plan every day. What are we doing? Let your kids know what's going on. Let them know what to expect. They know, hey, Monday, we're doing this. Tuesday, we're doing this. Wednesday, we're doing this. Thursday, we're doing this. Friday, hey, we're, we're kicking it, 730, and, you know, go, go from there. But kind of take some of that, <clears throat> um, you know, I know it sounds kind of, Cliche, but limit some of that anxiety of kids not knowing what to expect.
0: Exactly. Right,
1: especially the ones that that don't have the the really high football IQ. You right. Know, they kind of understand, hey, well, this is kind of how the weeks always always go. You know, there's some kids that they're going from first period, second period, athletics, boom, 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 after school practice, and all right, hey, I got my helmet and shoulder pads and my girdle on but I really don't know what to expect exactly you know yep and and so you just get them in a routine and and you know and 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 trust it and and coach them hard man
0: yeah coach I mean I I totally agree with both of those things you just said and and that's something that I've noticed in in my coaching career that that seems to be uh, essential to the success of a program and and it really like you said it allows those kids to to to, to have a certain level of comfort, that they know exactly what to expect. And, and I think it also is helpful for the assistant coaches as well because as an assistant coach, when we know what ex, what's expected of us, what we're doing, and everything, everybody's on the same page, that frees us up to go coach. You know, we know exactly right, what we're exactly. supposed to do, and we don't have to worry about, uh, what, you know, what are we doing next or, or who's, who's doing what or whatever. And now we can go coach, and now we can go carry out that vision – that standard that you talked about in the first point, now we can all go out there and hold those kids to that standard because we know exactly what we're doing. We're all on the same page. Yes. Well, so so we talked – that. that's the coaches. What, what, was there something with those programs, like whether it's the school or the community, you know, because all of those, again, are tradition-rich schools, is there something within that program that was unique, uh, in those programs that was unique, that, that sort of set them as a par- set them apart as successful programs?
1: Um, yes. One, it, it starts, uh, you know, so every program is led by the head coach and, you know, their person they relate to directly is the athletic director. And, and Cedar Hills, Gina Farmer is the, you know, she's retired now, but that's the standard for what an AD is, does, and how she um, runs the athletic department and, and holds coaches accountable and make sure, you know, hey, we're, we're, we're here for kids. We're here for kids. You know, that, that first column in the, in the win-loss column, really the the win we want most is the win in life for that kid. And so when you interact with that kid on a daily basis, that needs to be your goal. And then when it comes to game day, sure, hey, go win the game. But don't do it, you know, by jeopardizing something that's going to cut that kid short somewhere along the line. Right. Right, and it, the second thing is, is school administration. You know, when when your when your administrators are are supportive of what you're doing in athletics, it you know, it, it, it because it's not like that everywhere. Right, and so right. When, when you have, you know, like at Martin, we had some of the best administrators as far as backing us as, as coaches and pushing athletics or, uh, you know, band, fine art, whatever it was. You know, hey, go get involved in something. And they were in, in. And they were adamant about that. Get kids involved. Yeah. You know, find something for your kids in your classroom to get involved in. So make sure you're talking about different student groups. Yeah. You know, it, it may not be the, you know, the color guard or the band or the baseball team. You know, we, we had a – Martin, we had a Quidditch team from uh, Harry Potter. You know, and it was like 40 <laughs> kids. Okay, we don't have that. There's 40 kids that just – Walk the halls on a daily basis, and you know who, who knows. You know, no one ever really gets to know those kids, right? But right. somebody took the time to be the sponsor slash coach, yeah, and make an unbelievable experience for those 40
0: kids, yeah, yeah.
1: And and so that you know that kind of a faculty makes a huge difference.
0: Yeah, Coach, you're right. It, it really does make a, a world of difference. And in the three places that I've been, I've been fortunate to, in all three of those to have uh, an administration that was extremely supportive uh, of what uh, we as coaches and really, like you said, all, all – athletic and extracurricular programs we're doing because that stuff really does drive your school. You know, it's going um, to carry the morale, the pride of, of your school in general. And when those things are doing well, your school is, is going to be doing well, whether it be academically uh, or in other aspects of, of your school. Those are all probably going to be doing well uh, if, if the, the uh, administration is, is trusting those coaches and, and sponsors and, and supporting them the way that they need to be supporting them.
1: Yes, no doubt. i tell you another thing that was pretty unique to, to Martin that Coach Wigger did is the summer strength and conditioning program. Okay, so it's all sports, uh, all athletes. It's 8 a.m. to 10, 10 a.m. And we would divide them up into, into three groups. And it's two hours of rock and roll. Let's get after it. Everybody's getting better. Everybody's getting bigger, faster, stronger. And as coaches, whether you're coaching uh, a group of cross country kids, or it happens to be your position group, or uh, it's a group of seventh and eighth graders that showed up on their own, you know, the standard's the standard, right? I mean, yeah, everyone's exactly. coaching the same. Exactly. And and what that did for the athletes at Martin, and I mean, it, it, it was literally. I mean, there was somebody represented at a, uh, off of every team. And, you know, so now do they not only go to the football games, but now the football players know, you know, hey, these eight girl basketball players, so they're going to make sure they go watch them because they yeah. grinded together in the summer. Yep. You know, they they built a bond and a mutual respect, and, hey, I want to go watch you compete. Right. Because I, I, I know how you trained.
0: Right, right.
1: And that was, I mean, we would have – two hundred and eighty
0: five,
1: three hundred and twenty kids daily. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's you know, if you can yeah, you know, Coach Coach Gamble might have that at, at Allen just because of their of their numbers, but it's just football kids, but you know, go across the state and tell them where you're finding that kind of numbers. Right. And, some strength and conditioning,
0: right? And I think the key thing you there you said there was that it's all sports. You know, it's not just the football players in there grinding, but they're in there with cross country kids, basketball kids, uh, volleyball players. Uh, cheer- I, you know, I've been at places where the cheerleaders are supposed to be there, and and so yeah, like you said, it builds that camaraderie and that school pride and that mutual respect between programs. And then you have some uniformity, as you talked about, the standards of standard. All the kids across whatever you know, whatever sport they're in, they're all getting coached the same way, and they're all being held to the same standard, which is going to help overall your your athletics program overall. Right. Um, well, let's let's jump into some defensive line play, and 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 yeah, sure. when it, when it comes to coaching defensive line specifically, who are some coaches that you've learned from and gotten things from over the years, uh, like some things that you uh, do now as a D line coach that are a direct yeah. result from those guys.
1: So uh, when I, when I got to Cedar Hill, uh, there were, there were two guys, we were four, two, five, then uh, a guy named Corey Jennings, who uh, we lovingly call big Jen coach the ends and Rodney Ingram was our defensive tackles coach. And um, yeah, I I, I'd been a varsity coach for for one year when I got there and and Joey hired me as as a freshman coach and, and do sub varsity D line. And, but, you know, they kind of pulled me to the side and said, Hey, here's, you know, here's what we do. Here's our reads and our keys. And I said, You know, I said, Are there drills that you guys, you know, that you, you know, you believe in that, hey, my, my position group needs to do this every day. You know, what are your, you know, a lot of people call them EDDs now, right? Yep. You know, what are your, what are your EDDs? And they're like, man, you, you, you're, you're a coach. You, you know what it needs to be. You know, you know what we want done. Go, go, you know, don't do it like I do it. Do it how you do it, and um, you know, just the, that respect for a guy just walking into to that program. I was like, okay, you know, I could be, you know, down the road we can be hundred percent honest with each other, just because you know there there was no ego involved. Yeah, you know, what I mean, those guys yeah. are, are as real and genuine as they as they as they come. Another um, guy that I that. You know, I, I, I look to is uh, at, at Martin at Lea a uh, good friend of mine. At, at uh, Burleson Centennial, Ben Cook is another guy, and then uh, Frank Sandoval, head coach at Mahia. You know, if I've got a question on D line play or hey, what did you? How are you teaching this footwork? Or um, you know, hey, I really like this line stunt y'all do. You know, hey, what can you share with me about it? Those are those are the guys that I'm I'm going to.
0: Yeah, Coach, and and I think it was that that was an awesome thing that, that you when you when you first break in or first breaking into uh, you know to your new job there at Cedar Hill that you had those guys who were so willing to to help you but also allow you to figure things out on your own. You know, I think sometimes you know it's difficult for us as we're trying to bring younger coaches along. You know, we want to sort of helicopter coach, you know, kind of micromanage them right, no doubt. and say, hey, no, you got to do it this way and this way, and really uh, it 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 hampers their growth. Uh, if we if we do that and and so that was awesome that that you had those guys who are you know give you some structure and some things that hey here's the framework that we operate within but then then you can go and make it your own. Yes, sir. Well, let's talk about your defensive front there at Midway. Uh, are, are y'all still four two five there?
1: No, we from uh, so the first year
0: we were four we three.
1: And uh, looking at personnel, really when we looked at who our eleven best players were. Uh, it, it put us in a hot front. It put us in a 3 4 defense. Now, uh, Coach Hume is uh, a diehard 4 3 quarters guy. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, learned it from Coach Herring, and that's what he'd always ran, but, you know, realized, hey, this is probably the right move to go to a 3 4. Yeah. Um, and really, there were only two of us on staff at the time that he coached in, a, in the 3 4. And, um, Coach holes our, our defensive coordinator he you know he's been with jeff for a long time and he's a he's a four three quarters guy he's yeah, like yeah yeah you know you're right on paper it makes sense but yeah uh, holy cow this is gonna be like you know yeah. we wearing, wearing different shoes right now you know yeah um yep. so so if we transition to the to the three four um i think it fits our our kids well um i am very fortunate that i have three uh, seniors on the D-line this year. Two of them uh, played – I mean, they played in every every game as a sophomore, so they played 16 there. We played 14 last year. So coming into this season, they have either started or played in, in 30 games Wow. each. Uh, yeah. My other senior was a <laughs> – this is a, a interesting story. He was a quarterback as a freshman and sophomore. And spring of his junior year, about – a week and a half into spring ball, he made we make the switch to, to bring him over to defensive line, and you know he bites the hook hook line and sinker, and it's all about it, and um, he he really brings some athleticism to the to the position. Uh, not to knock those other two guys. Oh no, but, yeah. Um, he's he's a little more sudden. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've got in the you know uh, I'm very blessed, and not only do they are they high football. Uh, IQ kids that, that play really hard and they're tough, um, but one of them is a 29 ACT, other is a 27, and the other is a 24. So oh, they're wow. incredibly smart kids. Yeah. So you, you don't have to spend a whole lot of time um, telling them stuff. You yeah. Get, you get to, you know, we get to get the reps really, really quickly and get a yeah. lot of them.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Well, well, let's back up really quick and talk about that making that transition because a lot of us have been there, right? I'm at, I, I, I uh, had been at a school where we were running we were four three quarters coverage, and and, and had gotten really comfortable with that. And now we get here and, and we're running an odd front, but then we're also looking at things ways to change up our looks and and, and mix in some four downs. So. Talk about that when you are transitioning, whether it be from an odd to an even or an even to an odd. What are some things that you have to consider and have to uh, have to make sure that you get right when you're making that transition?
1: I think ultimately you have to look at, you know, the kids that you have in your program and, you know, look at, at you know, realistic depth at, at each position of, you know, Kids that if you put them in in this new position, okay, one, you know, do will they know their job and do their job, right? right? And then two is okay. What happens if this kid tweaks an ankle or a hamstring, and we got to put somebody else in? Do we have another body that can do what this position is asked to do based on on you know, reads and keys, right? And if that if that makes you a, a an odd front, then you know, hey, you need to move, move to the front and, and go with it and embrace it. Now we will still get into some four-man stuff uh, based on formation, yeah. um, but not not very often. And yeah. uh, you know, it's kind of funny because the year we won state, we all we we, we played base. I mean, that, that's just what we did. We were, yeah. you know, <laughs> base front, base coverage, and, and we had some unbelievable kids and. and we're able to play all the way to the Saturday before Christmas. And, um, you know, so we get into the, to the odd front and, you know, everybody's, Oh, I'm going to I'm gonna blitz this and I can disguise that. And I'm going to do this. Now we're at our best when we play face. Yeah. And, the, 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 you know, everybody gets all excited. Hey, I've got seven potential pass rushers. And, you know, you don't know which one's coming and, you know, all that kind of smoke and mirrors type stuff. But, you know, we've got tough, smart kids, and, and we can line up in, in base and be and be successful. Not to say that we don't bring pressure, but um, you know, when we bring pressure, we're you know we're we're targeting targeting a very specific area or down in distance to to get the ball out quick.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's there's nothing better than to be able to just line up in your base defense and wear people out. You know. Uh, yes, sir. because a lot of times like you said when you're blitzing and 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 when you're sending guys then you know you're you're obviously giving some stuff up too and 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 as defensive coordinator that I work for you say you know you can li- you live and die by that blitz you know but when you can line up in base and just wear people out there's really sometimes it gets maybe it gets a little monotonous for the kids but as a coach there's no better feeling than just be able to go hey guys all we got to do is just play our base defense and we'll be okay uh i can right. imagine that there's there's a little bit of you know when you' when you've been a certain uh, you've coached a certain scheme for so many years and that's what you know and you feel like you're pretty uh, you know you're pretty good at it that that you really have to uh, surrender some ego there when you do make that decision that this is what's going to be best for our program to go away from what I'm comfortable with and used to and do something that's going to get me out of my comfort zone a little bit but ultimately going to put us in a, in a better position to be successful.
1: Oh there's, there's no doubt. And, and, you know, RDC, Coach Knowles, uh, you'd be hard-pressed to find a more humble guy who is, hey, (laughs) you know, what do your kids need to do here? Yeah. You know, uh, what and, you know, just go position group by position group. Okay, what puts your kids in the position to play as fast as possible? Yeah. And let's try to line up all those pieces to to make that happen where, you know, hey, we're going to, my my key does A, I do one or two. It does B, I do one or two. Past that, we're, it's probably something that we hadn't seen and we're, we're just play football. You yep. know what I mean? Be, yep. Be, be aggressive and be physical. And, and generally good things will happen. But uh, and just across the board, you know, from D-line to inside backers, outside backers, and, and the secondary of, you know, keep it simple. Let's get lined up and get after people.
0: Right. Right. Well, talk, talk to us about your defensive front specifically and how you play it. Are you playing your, your defensive ends, or defensive tackles, however you want to call them? Are you playing those guys in fives, fours, four eyes? Do you mix it up? How, how so, do you play those guys?
1: We'll mix it up a little bit. We'll, we'll base out of a, a five, a shave, and a four eye. Okay. And, you know, I don't flip guys' side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but Right now with the, with the three I have, the, the guy that's playing those right now, and one of the other ends will, will swap every once in a while and, and he'll go to to the end or uh, and the other guy will go to the nose. Uh, I've got a young sophomore nose that's, that's kind of coming along and, and getting some reps. Um, and then I've got two guys coming off the bench, a junior and, and uh, excuse me, two juniors uh, coming off the bench that um, are, are going to be really, really good. Uh, but We'll base out of, a, out of a five shade and a four. Uh, we will play it up We'll play two fours and we'll play two fives. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, two fives is a little bit based on you know third and long that that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but we'll, we'll jump into two fours uh, just to just to change up the the look and uh, give o line guys fits.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, because you know when you play those fours, it's really hard. They they don't know what gap you're playing. And and you can you can be two gappers and and so it definitely you know uh, gives you a little bit of an upper hand on those offensive line guys because they don't know exactly how you're going to play it. Uh, so let's let's talk about the five and, and we'll just kind of talk about the five and the four and the four eye. So if I'm playing a okay. five, uh, if I'm playing a five shade, walk me through like you know uh, my my keys and, and and how I'm how I'm controlling my gap and and how I'm playing different different schemes and things like that from a five.
1: We start with a really thick alignment. Uh Um, You know, I'll I'll tell them, "Hey, put your inside eye on his outside eye, and based on opponent, we'll we'll get thicker uh, before we'll get looser." Yeah, you know, uh, I tell those guys, "Hey, you know, our our number one job is one, don't get blown off the ball. We're going to control the line of scrimmage, but we're going to keep the linebackers clean because those guys are linebackers because they can they can run and flow the ball, and we want to make that happen." So we're we're going to be selfless, and we're going to play physical with our hands. And and we work our hands a a ton. So, you know, my man hand is striking via the neck, and ideally I would like them to control them with one hand. You know, not every kid can do that, and I understand it. So if we have to use two hands to to control that tackle, our outside hand is going to go to the wingtip of the shoulder. And so, you know, I'm reading, is that guy facing me? Is he – trying to stretch me is fast setting is he blocking down you know if i get the down block my eyes are immediately inside i'm looking for color coming back at me uh whether that be a sniffer near back guard you know whatever it is yep. we're a spill team so we're, we're gonna get underneath it uh and then if i don't have color coming to me you know we're gonna squat for the quarterback and yeah. you know down color quarterback like you know everybody in america um and, and just, you know, you just keep repping those looks for those kids over and over and over. There's many different ways and drills that you can come up with that, that are relatable. You know, uh, I, I don't switch up my drills a whole lot, but I do understand that, you know, these are young kids. And, and at some point it does become, monotonous. So you know, try to, try to freshen it up every once in a while. For right, us. right, um, right. You know, if it's hi-hat, then... Uh, you know, we're going to run a tight pass rush hoop and, you know, I, we talk all the time in, in, pass rush of, Hey, have a plan. You know, what is your go-to move? What's the counter off that move? And then what's my secondary move and the counter off that other than that, you, you, if you're doing anything else, you're probably not winning the rep.
0: Right. You know, right.
1: Uh, I, I, I teach them hey, in, in pass rush, you know, speed sets up all those moves. Right? Yep. If I just if I just blow by this dude's hip, if I get to if I get even with this hip, I'm weak. Yeah. You know, you you beat him with speed. Now now he's doing some things that he's not really coached to do. You know, now he's opening up or he's he's turning his hips earlier, he's oversetting it and you know, all that kind of stuff. And and, you know, now we'll you know, do whatever we need to do to, to defeat that. But um you know, I'm really big on drilling my kids about you know work your hands work your hands constantly work your hands and, and work your moves and don't just go to practice and work the same move every day because that's not making it any better we know you can do that one exactly so fail at it monday tuesday in practice trying something new wednesday hey now i've got my feet and my hands timed up and you know my body position blah 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 and friday night it becomes really easy yeah you know yep. um we, We'll go through different bucket. You know, we talk about run game get off and pass game get off. You know, it's got to be very different steps. You know, <laughs> but the hardest thing is for those young guys is, hey, everything's not a freaking pass rush. You know, <laughs> this guy's trying to pop you right in the mouth and you're you're trying to run by him. Yeah, no, no, no yeah. No. We, don't, yep. we don't want that. Yep. Yep. You're um, right. But as far as our our keys, so with the five, I. I talk about pressure key and visual key right so i always uh-huh. want to strike my pressure key and my visual key will take me to the ball well the five that becomes the same person the tackle is both my pressure and my vision so you know based on what kind of block i'm getting from a five i have a pretty good indication of where the ball is going to go or where they where they would like the ball to go. right so as you go down the line and get to the nose still a very same thick alignment you know eye to eye um you know i'm I to be in the neck of the center. And so he's my pressure key, and that, that near guard is my visual key. So, you know, if that center comes to me and I see that guard pull, well, okay, now my visual key just told me the ball's going there. Now, we don't cross-face. We'll sit there and, and, and fight that pressure and, and hold that, you know, hold our ground there in that gap. Uh, so, you know, I've been places where we did cross-face, Um I've done. Yeah, hey, we'll we'll just slingshot that guy. Um that was a, a one scheme we we ran at Sam Houston. It was we were so undersized. We were like, man, you you can't maintain the block. You have got to freaking go. Yeah, you know, just jet. Yeah, almost like everything was a jet technique. Get up the field, get up because because you know, a kid with lead in his but to sit there and and hold a gap. Yeah, you
0: know? yeah,
1: so. Not not the most sound thing in the world, but you know you try to put your kids in a position to succeed.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. Exactly right. And so then, what? How does it uh, change? How does it change for a four tech? I was just gonna say, how does that change? So it's going back to the defensive tackles, how does it change for a four technique as opposed to a five?
1: So so our four eye will line up with our outside eye and the inside eye of the tackle, and we're going to attack the tackle. He's our pressure key. And that guard is our is our visual key. So if, if I'm getting like a zone look to me, you know I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna redirect off the guard and, and continue to work flat. Um, if that guard is pulling back to the other side, you know I tell I tell my guys there's no way that a tackle should cut us off. It, the way we're stepping and striking to that tackle with our eyes on that guard, it, it, as soon as I see that wingtip dip, I should be clubbing over the top and working flat and getting into in, in his hip. You know, if they want to try to run power or kick or, uh, you know, they just have some kind of rap scheme in their yeah. in their base zone or, or you know, man on play, then we should be having the night of our life if we'll do what we're going to do.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Because, you know, don't, don't get cut off by a tackle. Yep. And, you know, you're going to get, get some guys that are really good at freaking slamming down in there and hinching you and, you know, so we worked out of, hey, I'm going to drive my outside shoulder through that and, and still try to get my hat in a crack right there. You know, don't run around that. Because, uh, you know, that, that's what kids want to do. The first time that guy steps down and zip gates them and, and hinges on them, they want to run around. And I'm like, okay, let's look at the, look at the play as, <laughs> as a whole and then see what you just did and right. did you do anything, Right, you know.
0: And,
1: right. and one thing I really try to teach my guys is how does the defense work? So right. that if I don't do my job, what happens? Right. Not only to my gap, but, okay, if I don't do my job, now look at the size of the area this linebacker has to now cover. Or Or, yep. uh, hey, you know, in some cases, hey, the next guy to make the play is a safety who's sitting 12 yards away. Now, you can still make a tackle in a 20-20 box with a dude who's 4'6 and got a little wiggle in his hips. It's not easy.
0: Right. Right. So you know we got
1: to do our job to to shorten that grass for that guy. You know. Yep. And and it helps having really smart kids like I have right now, but I think it also helps them all of understand how all eleven parts work together. So that you know when I say we got to do, we're going to do our job, we're going to do our job to take care of our teammates, and so that they're able to do their job. Right. Right. And, And and I think having that understanding of you know, how the how the front works and and everybody's fit helps them do their job.
0: Yeah. I, I think Kinda that's exactly the, right.
1: Helps them understand the why, if you will.
0: Yes. And then it's 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 then they understand that it's not just about you yelling at them and, and just you know trying to inhibit them from doing what they want to do, but it's like, hey, if you don't do that, when you don't do that, your your buddy behind you is getting killed. Okay? Or you're right. or you're you're creating a huge vertical scene that now the guy behind you has to try to find to to, to fill, and that's just not going to happen, right? If you're the nose guard and you're crossing face, you just created a cutback lane, and now they're out the gate. I mean, they cut our defense in half, and and now we're in trouble. So – yeah, it definitely helps them because they don't really, you know, a safety can kind of see how everybody's decisions affects the play, right? Because they're back behind it. But the defensive line, we're we're the front line of defense. We really don't know sometimes, and so I think it's definitely beneficial for those guys to understand at least in part how you know everything works uh, and what their role in that is. Uh, you mentioned no, something no play, playing that four eye technique and I'll give a shout out to a previous episode we had uh, we had um, uh, back in the spring coach Robert Irwin from from midlothian you know and they play four eyes and, and he talked and it's basically what you're talking about is you know using a braille technique where you know I'm punching the tackle but I'm really not looking at him I'm looking at that guard and so I'm my hands are telling me what that tackles doing while my visual key the guard is is tell, you know, telling you tell me I, I'm, I'm getting you know what kind of play or what kind of scheme is going on from, from my visual key there. So uh, I think that's 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 a great um, uh, a great way to play that those four eyes is to uh, you know use your hands on that tackle and, and and get your your read from that visual key.
1: Yeah, no no doubt. Uh, and you know we talk about uh, I didn't really go into the, the footwork of my guys, but we tell everybody hey we're we're stepping you know six inch step and it, it's vertical. Get up the field, gain ground, yeah. and help reestablish the line of scrimmage. And you know I tell guys, look, if you step vertical, your hand's going to naturally go to the via the neck. And I can I, I can I can step and punch this dude in front of me all day long, and I don't have to ever take my eyes off off that guard's tip to see it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and yeah, no, I it, I
0: love it. Well, here's kind of a just a so so a question that 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 I that I sometimes deal with is now um, I'm coaching an odd front for the first time in a while. Uh, How are you? How how do you coach or or, or coach up pass rush with those four eyes? Because it's a lot different than playing a five. uh, You know where you have a lot of space to work with. You know when you're a you know what we call when when you're a pipe rusher. You know you're rushing that B gap. You know it's a little tougher. Uh, How how are you coaching that up with those guys?
1: So if we get a high hat, we're going to work back outside, and I tell them, hey, I understand you're going to be slow in the pass rush coming back out. All right but we have to have you there for contain all right yeah. so don't don't get caught up in the fact that hey you may not get great pressure all right and it's not I mean we're not going to give great effort to get great pressure but understand that i know you're going to be slow getting there okay but if we have great ball get off and we, we're even with that tackle we're not going to come back outside it's just like winning on the inside move getting overset exactly. right I'm, I'm inside and i'm even'm I'm, I'm winning i what I stress at that point is, Hey, I've got to get vertical because I got to maintain leverage on that quarterback. You know, I don't want to give him a, a quick escape route. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I tell my guys constantly, Hey, as you're watching film. Okay. Let's talk about, it. are we faking a full slide team? Are we facing a Bob? Is it half slide, half man? Uh, uh-huh. uh, is the back going to pick us up if we're, you know, is he ever going to come across? It? How are we being, how do they pass bro? Right. And, um, you know it's something that I, I, I've just kind of ingrained in my kids to, to watch so they know hey I'm a four eye the back is set away from me so I know it's sliding to me so hi hat I know i got to really really work hard to get outside or I've got to have really good barking off and, and beat him on the snap so uh, with, with the kids I have now um, you know they played a lot of football, so, um, you know, I don't want to say I completely leave it up to them, but, um, you know, it's something we'll talk about throughout the game of, hey, you've been coming outside the whole time, but, hey, the next time you get high hat I want you to try to beat him inside, just to slow, to slow that guy down from knowing, hey, I know this guy's coming back out.
0: Right, you right. Know?
1: So now, hey, let's try to beat him right now, and we'll slow some of that, you know, kind of shorten the edge, so to speak.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But, you know, we we talk about being high-box, low-box players uh, on the quarterback with our our pressures, uh, you know, whether it's uh, three-man, four-man, five. You know, you only have two guys that are working to the upfield shoulder of the quarterback. Everybody else is fitting downfield
0: and and squeezing in. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that is a, and I, and I think, um, I, I think that's an often an underrated thing that gets talked about when rushing the quarterback is what body part you should be rushing because if you just go rush the quarterback, then you know you, you really if, if you're not being specific with it, then you're opening yourself up to some to some some really frustrating third down situations where that quarterback is surrounded by three three defensive linemen and he finds a way to get out of it uh, because those right. guys are, are, are cutting each other off or whatever. And so that's a that's a great a coaching point for those guys to remember. You know, you got two guys rushing upfield shoulder, and everybody else is rushing downfield shoulder.
1: Yes, and you know, the other thing you're walking up the outside linebacker to a to a tight end set, right? And uh, you know, the the, the first week um, against Trinity, when they, you know, when we did get them in a passing situation, you know, my my five or my four is cutting off the the nine say I'm like. God, can you, not, you don't feel that guy, like you know, you don't. Where are your eyes at? You can't see anything to your outside. That hey, there's somebody right here, but there's a whole lot of green inside. If I'll just click over exactly, and yeah, and you know, and don't cut that guy off, and, right? You know, we get to get to film the next day, and they're like, ah, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. All right. we got it. we got you, coach. Okay, yeah. I, you know. yeah. So, uh, you know, it's one of those deals. I'm like, there's there's another human, like. Not even eighteen inches from you, right? How do you not feel his
0: presence? Yeah, and yeah. you got your nose, your shaded nose, is occupying the guard in the center. He's just opening it up, wide open for you. So, right. Uh,
1: I mean, it, go take it. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, you, you mentioned you know your week one game against Trinity, and, and y'all are on your bye week right now. We're about midway through the season at this point. So, at this point, what's one thing that you feel like your defensive line is doing a great job of uh, this season so far?
1: Uh, I would say it, uh, versus the run, uh, we we do a really great job of staying flat and, and not getting upfield and and chasing where guys are versus knowing where they're going. Yeah, and um, you know, so it, and I kind of revert back to practice and all of our tackling drills are done shedding the block flat down the line of scrimmage. Yeah, so I, I don't want you know. I tell my guys, I say, I don't care. Second and eleven is just as good as second and thirteen for me. For you to be flat, sixty snaps a night on Friday night, you know, don't don't take that cookie of a hey, one out of five times I'm going to go make that extra two yard loss. Yep. You know. Yep. Be flat. Be flat. Know where he's going. Know where the ball. You know. Understand the blocking scheme. Understand the offensive play and what they're trying to do and how we're going to defeat that. And this is where we'll make the play. This is this is your play to make, and this is your play to bounce for somebody else to make. So, if you know, if you want to go throw up stats, then you better be doing this, because this is where it's going to come. Right. And, um, you know, they do a good job of, of executing that. Um, I'm sitting there kind of just thinking of uh, our, our game this past Friday night. I think up front, I want to say we had, like, between the six guys that played, I think we had seven TFLs and every one of them are flat down the heel line. You know what I mean? It wasn't, I think one of them might've come on a, on a busted play out of a, out of a two back set where it was kind of turned into a bunny Hill show back there as to who had the ball and who was supposed to get the ball. But you know, everything else was flat down the line and, you know, and, and chasing the ball inside
0: out. Yep. Coach, Coach, you're speaking my language, and I, and I know that 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 there are coaches listening to this right now who are saying, "Gosh, I can't get my guys from you know they're running upfield every play, they're running around blocks, they they're not standing on the line of scrimmage." And when you can get those guys doing that, then you can that they you, they can start making those plays on the line of scrimmage and really take over a, a game, and you don't have to do a thing as far as pressures or, or line stunts or anything, just because they're playing with their hands and they're playing flat on the line of scrimmage. They can make a bunch of plays, like you just you just said, and I think probably Absolutely. a key to it is is you do have. It sounds like you do have some guys who are seasoned and older guys, and they understand that now. And if you're and if you're in a spot where you're starting a lot of young guys, that's definitely going to be a challenge that you're going to deal with is getting those kids to not bite, like you said, on the cookie and and run and run up field, uh, and and just be disciplined to play on the line of scrimmage because that's where you're going to make most of your plays.
1: Yeah, I tell them we we live on the heel
0: line. Yeah, know? yeah. And
1: unless that quarterback's chopping back looking downfield, we, we don't need to be anywhere but the heel
0: line. Yeah, yeah. Well, walk us through how you've made you know playing on the line of scrimmage a strength of your defensive line. Are there some drills that you're doing, or like you mentioned in all of your tackling circuits and things that you are doing? You know, everything's shedding a block and playing on the line. How else are you reinforcing that uh, to to get your your guys to be good at that?
1: Uh, you know, one, if if I've got a guy in practice, whether we're in inside run or we're in a team period and, you know, he's upfield and he doesn't make the play, you know, I'm going to say, Hey, Hey, be flat, be flat. You know, you got, you, if you're flatter right there, you make the play. Okay. Two snaps later, he's up the field and doesn't make the play. Guess what? Hey, now you can come stand by me. But now let's go watch somebody else do what, what you're
0: doing. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. And you know, don't be afraid to get those guys out and, and let them see somebody else do it. You know, right. I, I think a lot of times kids don't—they're not doing what they're doing because they're—they're, they're, you know, oh, well, I'm not going to do what coach says. I, I don't believe there's there's very many kids out there like that. You know, they're they're trying to do what what we ask. Sometimes they just don't know exactly what it looks like until yeah. they, they see somebody else do it. Right. You know, and right. um, so like like for I'll take my my younger guys, my my JV guys, when we're in, uh, like we did inside run today, and I said I want you to do nothing else but watch this guy's eyes. I said, look at his eyes, look where his eyes are when he's a four. See how he's looking at the guard. See mm-hmm. how he's doing that because his eyes are there. Now his body kicks him and he's flat or hey he's a five boom as soon as that tackles away from him and look where his eyes are. they're inside so he's already looking down the heel line he's not trying to gain ground because he's looking for color coming back at it to spill or his eyes are going to the quarterback yeah um you know just and just rep it constantly we do a lot of pod work uh, i love pod work we're getting three man groups and i can get a lot of reps in a short amount of time and uh, generally in the first three periods of practice, I, I, I've gotten my my guys every look they're going to see on Friday, and they've had multiple reps at it already. Not not to say that that's the only looks they're going to get all week, but when we get to inside run or we get to some kind of team period, it's not the first time they're seeing a look. Exactly. So they're able to be successful yeah. early on and just keep playing faster and faster and faster.
0: Yeah, Coach, and I love the use, in the, the use of pods. I mean, you get – you get a lot of reps because you can rotate those guys through. And if I'm, a, if I'm an offensive lineman blocking this guy, I get a chance to see, you know, I get a chance to watch him, you know, as, I, as I'm doing that. And then it's my turn to go, and I've already seen what he did that was good or, or not so good. And so I think that's a really efficient way to, to run your, your indie for sure. Uh, talking about things, you know, playing on the line of scrimmage and, and things like that, what's another aspect of defensive line play that you feel like is often undercoached or overlooked?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, I, I would say having a, a a plan with pass rush. Yeah. You know, I, I see a lot of guys on Friday night that, that are, are, are really athletic, but they have no idea what they're doing in a pass rush. Yeah. You know, they're, they're just trying to dip and rip and, and pray for the best. Well, okay, yeah. You know, is it going to take a tackle long to figure out, hey, I'm going to eat this rip and then I'm going to flip my hips and punch his hand and run him to his head? Going off the post you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: it, is it, it you know use your hands and, and, and know what that means to, to use your hands and, and how to connect your hands and your feet and yep. um, you know and, and also understand how is this guy being coached, you know, uh, or is this guy really good at showing his hands late or does he show his hands early when he pops his hands are they high or are they low? Yeah.
0: Is he
1: going to punch one hand or does he punch two? Yeah. You know is um, study in really study your opponent. And, and that's one thing I make my guys do a lot of is hey, go, go study who, who's, who you're going to line up and take 60 snaps in front of. What's the first thing that moves on his body on the snap? You know, when he, when he passes, does it, does it look different than if he, you know, a tackle have a two point stance? Is there any difference in his stance, front or pass? You know, um, I've got a kid that's banged up, and so he was out of practice today. So I I said, hey, my laptop on my desk, here's a game. I want you to to break it down just like how I send you guys practice notes. I want the same kind of notes from that game. And I come in, and he's got six, six-and-a-half pages of notes for, you know, I think they took 67 snaps in their, in their last game, our opponent. And, I mean, there's, you know, three or four sentences, per play of, hey, this offensive lineman, he's good at this, hey, blah, blah, blah. I mean, so it, it you know, don't yeah. don't be afraid to make them work.
0: Right, know? exactly. And that's going to cause them to take some ownership in it. And, and you know, we as coaches, we got all kinds of things we're looking at. And so it's a, hey, if you can delegate that and go, hey, man, you go look at this guy and you come tell me what you think, what kind of pass rush move will be effective against him. You know, we've talked about it before. And so now you bring me your plan, and then when it comes to kids' plan, they get excited about it, right? Like coach, coach, I'm gonna set them up, you know, with speed, and I'm gonna turn you know, I can, you know, speed a bull, and then I can, you know, work some active hand, you know, whatever, and, and that's right. that's awesome because first of all, you get those guys to watch film and not just watch the ball, but watch the person they're going up against, and break that down, and then that lessens your load and it gives them some ownership in the game plan going in.
1: Absolutely. It is, uh, you know, uh, our offensive line coach will, will do uh, typically one day a week. We'll go uh, pass rush one on ones. And uh-huh. then the, the next day or that afternoon, I'll, we'll go we'll over to them and, and we'll do um, doubles or, or, you know, pods with the offensive line. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's great because, you know, not only are the offensive line coaches coaching their guys and we're coaching our guys. But then I'll also tell, you know, hey, our offensive tackle, hey, you did a really good job of showing your hands late I that made it really hard for us to rush the passer. Yeah. Or hey, you yeah. were really leaning when you punched That's yep. how we were able to beat you so quick. Yeah. You know. And yep. it just it's just a different guy it just a different voice. You know, you know the line coach is already telling him that till right. he's blue in the face, right? Yeah. But when with, with he's hearing it from and in our offensive line coaches will will tell our guys stuff. You know, hey, you can. Here's what really gives our guys fits. You yeah. Know? Or, uh, hey, in, in the past, I, I saw a kid do this, and you know, I think you can do it.
0: Right. Like, you right. know, being able to
1: coach like that um, is is a lot of fun, and you know, the kids like it. Uh, we go one on ones in pregame, uh, right before we go to defensive pursuit. We'll go oh, over nice. and, and we dap up the line, and then we'll we'll line up and we'll go. You know, we'll, you know, we don't go full out, but we'll go like three or four steps of full tilt one on ones. Yeah. Uh, the only rule there is you're not allowed to pull the center in pregame. Yeah. You know, yeah. Other other than that, you, you better get off the freaking ball.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I like and, that. And
1: uh, it, it it's a lot of fun. You know, our kids are like, you know, hey, we do our we do our pregame drills. We go punch the crap out of the goalposts, and then we go do one on ones for the line and then it's pursuit and. After that, we can go get a drink of water. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's awesome. That's, I really like that because, I mean, there's nothing like getting the juice going, doing a little pass rush too pregame. You know, you got the band, you know, playing and getting warmed up and the cra- the, the stadium's filling up and, and, and working some pass rush pregame. Is, uh, that, that's a great idea and a great way to get started. It, it You know, it's, it's a lot of fun because then, you know, right before we, we break out, I mean, you know, everybody wants to say, hey, you know, it's however
1: good you are up front on both sides of the ball, it's how good you're going to be. And, you know, we get the Give each other a little bit of work and a little bit of love and pregame and and kind of get each other
0: excited and off we go. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, coach, as we as we uh, approach an hour here, uh, let's let's close this thing out with some with some wrap up questions that are a little uh, little meant to be a little bit more lighthearted and 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 maybe outside of the the realm of defensive line specifically. But this first one, uh, you, you've again we've mentioned you've been in some really cool places as a coach. Got the coach in Oklahoma one year. Uh, and, and so you've been in a lot of postseason games and, and, and three-state championship games. So in all of your time coaching, you know, besides your current home stadium, what are some, some of your favorite stadiums to coach in and, and why?
1: Jerry's World's up there. I mean, that that's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, when I was at Martin, we went to uh, Memorial Stadium in Wichita Falls uh, to play Amarillo in the playoffs. Um that was a really that that stadium had a really really cool feel to it for me. Um, Apogee at, at North Texas. Uh, so it, it, the first year we go to state at Cedar Hill, we have all that ice, right? Uh huh. And so we're supposed to play on Saturday. We can't. We end up playing on Monday, and we get there and the field is covered in snow. I mean, absolutely covered. Wow. And, uh, they've got like a front end loader that's just kinda pushing it around. Just kinda pushing the snow off to the side. And uh so that was that was pretty that was pretty interesting. Uh uh so was the bus ride into Apogee. That was also pretty interesting with uh with the the highways and, and some of the smaller roads yeah by, yeah by North Texas getting yeah get, getting in and out of there. Uh but that that was a really you know that that's a game that'll that'll stick with me for a long time. Of you know, you don't think you get a whole lot of snow in Dallas Fort Worth until you see it all piled up around a football stadium. Yeah, like, yeah. Wow, this looks like Green Bay or Buffalo or something. You yeah, know, it was, it was, that was a pretty cool moment.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I can imagine. Well, let's 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 talk about this. So speaking of, of of games and game day and things like that, you know, a lot of coaches have a game day routine, and and some of them are very. Uh, uh, particular about that, and the order in which they do things, or what they're wearing, or what they do on game day. So, I'm curious, what's do you have a game day routine, and what is it?
1: Uh, I, I do. Um, you know, it's not anything that's set in stone, or something gets out of whack that you know I'm, I'm going to have a conniption over. Uh, I, I, I bought my guys breakfast on on game day. Uh, me and the, and the other D line coach that have been waiting alternate Fridays. If, if my guys, if, if it's my week, they know they're getting breakfast tacos from Nikosita. Uh, and it's just what I've done since I've been there. And, uh, you know, okay, he doesn't love a breakfast taco, right? But oh, uh, we'll go in the defensive meeting room and we'll sit around after we've passed out equipment. And, uh, just kind of, you know, relax and, and talk and have breakfast. And, you know, we don't really talk a whole lot of football during. That point, it's you know, hey, you got a quiz today, you got a test today. Uh, I have one of the captains, so I give him some grief about what's he gonna say at the pep rally. You know, hey, shake and hey, come out and support.
0: You know, right, come right, out and have right. A
1: Personality, right. Uh, you know, so we kind of <laughs> give each other a hard time in there. Um, you know, once I get out of class, um, I may or may not send out a uh, uh, an email slash text message that has. Uh, it's called The Dateline, and sometimes it, it has factual stuff in it. Sometimes it doesn't have factual <laughs> stuff in it. I'll, I'll send you a copy of, of, of one, and uh, you'll, you'll kind of get the gist of it. But yeah. uh, the Cedar Hill guys and, and the Midway guys and VA guys definitely know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, but as far as like uh, music, it's uh, um, on my playlist. It, it, it kind of depends on, on what I'm in the mood for. There's a couple songs that I promise you are going to get played is Dirt Road Anthem by Jason Aldean. That one's generally first or second. Uh, You're going to get something off of the Metallica Black album.
0: Nice. Um,
1: You're definitely going to get something uh, from Ice Cube or NWA.
0: Okay, all Um,
1: right, all right. You'll get some Big Tuck thrown in there. I mean, it's it's really eclectic.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: You might have some Gary Stewart.
0: Um, okay. Okay. Wow. All
1: right. Kind of whatever. Uh, I, I can. I can. Uh, I think I can roll can with all of that. that. Or, or, or yeah. Not much that I don't like. Um, okay. It, closer to game time is probably the. It gets a little more. It amps up a little bit. Let's just, let's just say that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, it's it's you never. You, there's no telling.
0: Yeah yeah well you know coach you mentioned there at the beginning uh breakfast tacos and my, and my mouth is watering because you know i came from from Kerrville where uh you know we treat you know you treat breakfast tacos they're like like currency i mean that's how you pay people hey dude well you can you come do this for me i'll i'll, I'll, I'll buy you breakfast tacos or hey hey if y'all get you know we'll get you bre- breakfast tacos is is i mean that's 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 what you do and and there is not now that i'm in Texarkana, there is. At least I haven't found a, a, a place to, to where I can get some of the, They call them breakfast burritos, so if they call it breakfast burrito, you know it's not probably going to be any good. So uh, if that's it's a
1: burrito; it needs to be the size of my forehead. Exactly.
0: A yeah. So so that's that's that. It's that's. I love it here, but that's something that we're definitely missing, and, and that I'm missing is, is eating breakfast tacos because we would traditionally eat those on Fridays also. So um, okay, last question. We'll get you out of here on this one. You know, you coach in Oklahoma, you coach in Texas, but I'm curious if you were to go anywhere else, like any other state and coach football, where would you want to go, coach, and why?
1: I would say Florida. Yeah. Because the the you know, there's some athletes out there.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um some you
1: know, there's some speed freaks out there. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Nice weather. Nice weather.
1: Right. Well, you know, as long as I have to put up with to too many hurricanes and I get lots of fast guys, I'll probably be
0: yeah, yeah, and like Texas, no state income tax. Right. Yes, uh,
1: <laughs> learned that the hard way in Oklahoma. So that's
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Well, well, Coach, Coach, now thanks so much for, for, for coming by and, and talking with us today, and and uh, really enjoyed it and got a lot out of out of our discussion. And I hope the guys listening uh, did as well. Uh, enjoy the rest of your 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 bye week, and and good luck this next week. Um, and and we will be in touch.
1: All right, Coach. Thank you very much. Good luck to you the rest of the
0: way. Thanks to Coach Now for taking some time out of his bye week to talk with us. And good luck to the Panthers this week as they take on Coppers Cove in District Play. Be sure to follow Coach Now on Twitter at Coach underscore A underscore now. That's N-O-W-E-L-L. Also follow us on Twitter at KYPD Podcast and follow me on Twitter at Coach Taylor53. Our quote of the day is from our third president, Thomas Jefferson, and it is The price of greatness is responsibility. Once again, coaches, thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to rate and review this episode, and make sure you tell your friends about us. And until next week, keep. The